You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. Hallelujah. Well, um, normally um, when we do a saturation meeting, I like to take it up high. And but it just seemed right to take it right from there. And tonight I'm going to continue a little bit. It's so good to see you all. I know you could be doing other things, but I know you're hungry. Are y'all hungry? You're hungry for the glory of God. You're hungry for the power of God. I do believe it's what's going to change, save our generation, what's coming up. And you and I know how to work with that. You and I know how to cooperate with that. And you being here on a Sunday night tells me that you're hungry. You know, of all the guest ministers that were in in November and even before that, they always comment on our church how you all show up for special meetings. And so I don't think it's a strange thing. I think it's a normal thing. It irritates me when you don't. But you all do. So, so, um, but they say all over the nation right now, you can't hardly have a meeting on Sunday night. That special meeting, that people, that just, ministers really don't do a lot of special meetings. Just because the people, you know, Sunday morning, give me 30 minutes and I'm done. But 30 minutes and you're done, if you only had one cold snack a week of food, you wouldn't make it very long, would you? Well, if you, I, I know I couldn't. Amen. I need more than three squares. Hallelujah. And so I, I'm just, well, I don't really get that. But any, are you with me? You understand? So tonight, um, I'm just going to continue on, and I'm just going to do what the Lord said do. And so um, we have a whole new crop of people that are coming to Cornerstone Word of Life Church. And so for 25 years, I've been preaching a subject called the glory. Everybody say Glory. And I really haven't done it that much. It always squirts out of me, you know. It always comes out of me a little bit because it's just a subject. I was born to see the glory of God. I'm like, you know, you and I are like Esther. We've come to the kingdom of God for such a time as this. What is our time? It's the time of the glorious church. And it doesn't matter to me what it looks like. It doesn't matter to me what it feels like. I look at statistics and I see what it's saying. But then that's like going to the doctor and getting a bad report. Then coming back to 1 Peter 2, 24 and seeing what it says. Seeing what Galatians 3, 13 and 14 says. Seeing what Isaiah says. You know, knowing what the report of the Lord is. And so I want to talk to you, and I just want to encourage you a little more. I'm going to say a few things that I said this morning. And as I minister tonight, I'm expecting, because he's already here, uh, the... the um the uh, praise and worship team, they give us a list of songs, you know, to look at, to learn. And then Pastor Rhonda and I pick out the songs that we learn. So if you don't like the songs we learn, that's on me and Pastor Rhonda because we do it. Because there's no reason for them to learn a song, spend one week or a month learning a song and then them to do it. And Pastor Rhonda would say, we don't like that. We don't like, that's not, that doesn't, that's not faith-filled. That's not the right words. Uh, we just don't want to do that. And so we picked the song. So we were, we, were, we were up praying in the Smokies and we were coming home. And when I heard that song, I'm like, we're going to do that for saturation meeting. Now, um, um, there's a sound that I like. Because when I heard, who did that? Was it Tasha Cobb? Is that who did it? Who was it? Okay. We, that, we don't know that girl. Let's get her here. Hallelujah. No, um, um, I like what we do. And that was amazing. And that was awesome. I put you on a spot like that. But Cassandra can do it. And I love that song. And when we were singing it, I sensed the king of glory in the room. And so when I heard that, I knew we had to do it. And yet I didn't know that I was preaching on this. I didn't know that we we're going to talk about the king of glory tonight. We're going to talk about the king of glory. And when I talk about the king of glory, the king of glory is going to show up. 
Because I never preach the word that it's not confirmed. When I talk about something from the word, when I've been given a word from the word, he always shows up to confirm it. How do you know that? Because I know. Because that's what the Bible says. And so that's what I'm expecting. And I don't want to make any of you nervous. I'm not trying to be Mary Fran tonight, all right? (laughs) Some of you don't know me that way. If you have never been with me overseas, that is how I operate overseas. I operate a lot in the prophet's office overseas. But here I'm just plain old Pastor Mark. (laughs) The little twist. (laughs) Hallelujah. The king of glory is coming tonight. Whether, that come, whether he comes to you individually as we lay hands on you if we do it that way. But I need you to expect. And so there's a whole new crop of you in this room. A lot of first-year Bible Institute, second-year students. Maybe never heard me minister along these lines. And then yet, some of you have been with me a long time. And I know you want this because you keep hanging out. And you're like me. You know what season we've come to. And this morning when I was ministering, I could tell I was striking a chord. Because we've gathered a group of people that are hungry for the glory. You wouldn't be here on a Sunday night if you weren't hungry to see the glory. But see, it's not up to God. It's really more up to us. I'm telling you, we're like Daniel. We've looked into the word. Because see, this is what happened. I said it and I'm going to repeat it again. Daniel, got to find, he found a prophecy. If you study in the book of Daniel, he found a prophecy. And the prophecy gave a timeline for them to be delivered out of captivity. And they were behind. And so he set himself to seek the Lord. So that's what we're doing. We're going to set ourselves to know some things, to seek the Lord. Because I look in the word, and in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 27... It tells us very clearly that the Lord is coming for a glorious church. Everybody say glorious church. Say, I'm part part of the glorious church. So Ephesians 5.27 says that he might present to himself a glorious church. So So he's presenting himself. That's now. But really at the end, he's presenting to the Father. Jesus, the King of glory, is presenting not because of what we've done, but because of what he's done. But he's presenting it a glorious church. What is a glorious church? It's a church with the glory of God on it. What is the glory of God? It's the power of God. It's the virtue of God. It's the healing power of God. It's the anointing of God. It's a a cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. It's a Shekinah. It comes into a place where people can't even stand to minister before the Lord. It's the power of God. It's the glory of God. It's a place. It's what God's made up. It's what he clothed Adam and Eve with. And it's what he moved on the inside of you when you were born in you. Born again, Christ in you the hope of the glory of God. It's a material. It's a substance. It's the substance that God breathed into Adam and Eve, the Ruhah, the breath of God, and they became a living being. It's when Jesus stood among the disciples and after his resurrection and he breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. It's that. It's the glory of God. It's the spirit of God. It's the anointing of God. It is his very glory. It is his very substance. It is his very DNA. And it lives on the inside of you 
That's why we can say greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And so I call this, and I have preached this for years upon years. Sometimes when I go into a new church in the United States, when the Lord um, lets us go, we have a lot of invitations sometimes we can't take and sometimes we do. So I preach this in different places. Um, I call this faith for the glory. Faith for the glory. I've preached this in nations. Because you see, I just happen to believe that he's coming for a glorious church and we are the glorious church and we need to be the glorious church. But it's like healing, prosperity, the promises of God. Just because it's made available doesn't mean you walk in it. It's up to us. And so as a church, we've endeavored to do this. So I got a bunch of newer folks in the room tonight, and you've probably never heard this. But, but So I want you to get caught up with this, and I want you to begin to believe this. Because there's something about this saturation meeting heading into next year that is, tonight is a springboard, I think, sets a tone for next year. And uh, I, I believe we're going to see the glory of God poured out in a way in 2019 on Cornerstone Word of Life Church and anybody that's wanting to get involved. Amen. So faith begins where? So let's all say it together. Faith begins where the will of God is known. You can't have faith for something that you don't know God's will on. And so one of the things, you know, the Bible Institute students in here, you'll have Faith One, Faith Two with Reverend Opal. And uh, if you hang out around here, you're going to hear messages on faith. And a lot of times it is um, aimed individually. In other words, we teach you faith so that you can receive the promises of God. Even though they're yes and amen in Christ Jesus, you've still got to learn how to receive them. So we teach you the principles of faith. And the first principle of faith that you get taught, and see, it's for you individually. Even though it's been provided, even though salvation's been provided, healing's been provided, protection's been provided, uh, prosperity's been provided, peace has been provided, all the pro- they've been provided, you still have to learn how to receive them. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you and you shall. This is the confidence that I have in him. That if I ask anything according to his, I know that he... And if I know that he, then I know that I got it. Right? And so it's the same principle. Now, this is my thought. I believe God has set about to teach us how to receive individually so that he can also pull us up so that we can believe together corporately. And believe for some things that he wants done. It seems as though God can do nothing until somebody asks. It seems as though the way the system is set up, he needs a man or a woman of faith on the earth to ask for something, to believe for something. He needs you to know how to believe God. And if he wants to do something in these last days, he needs a group of people. And we're not the only ones. One of the things I don't want you to think is we're an exclusive group. Now, this group, uh, there's lots of people all over the world who believe exactly like us, who are hungry. There's other churches in North Alabama and southern Tennessee. and I mean, they're believing like we are. They want what we want. But we're we're here and we're going to do our part. Amen. And we're going to create an atmosphere. So the atmosphere gets started by creating that faith it, uh, faith begins where the will of God is known. Everybody say glory. glory. So I want to remind you of some things. Number one, I talked to you. Number one, he, he's coming for a glorious church. 
So what do we know? We can set our faith that we are supposed to be the glorious church. That's not our decision. That was his decision. And so he's coming for a church with the glory of God on it. Then we saw in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 today that when uh, Paul, the apostle Paul, talked about the glory, he compared the glory of today to the glory of Moses. And he said, if the ministration of the law, in other words, was glorious. How many of you know that Moses was in the glory and it transfigured him so much so the people couldn't look at him? I mean, he had to put a veil over himself. And so then the Bible goes on to say, but if that glory has been done away, the glory that remains is rather, I like that in the King James, it's rather glorious. In other words, there's more glory. So what he experienced and everything that he did in the old covenant concerning his glory, he's doing today, but greater. I mean, we look back and we say, you know, well, they had a cloud and a pillar of fire, but you've got the Holy Ghost himself. Like a cloud, like a pillar of fire leading you. Everybody shout glory. Glory. <laughs> Why do we say that? Because you get what you say. Amen. And so the, 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 the time we're in now, it exceeds in glory. It's greater glory. It's that which remains is much more. So we're living, we're, every since the resurrection of Jesus, we're supposed to be living in a time of the glorious church. But that has been lost during some seasons of church history. And I've just decided, and you've just decided by being here, that we're not willing to let it be lost during our season. It could easily be. My spiritual father, when he went home to be with the Lord, I was in the meeting that he warned us. And this is what he said. A move of the Spirit will be lost to this generation. Basically, he was talking to ministers, unless you all do something about it. And it wasn't long after that he went home. He said, a prophet of God that we all, I love, honor, respect, um, had visions from the Lord. Uh, he was probably, I mean, he was a very accurate it's a great teacher of the word, but, but he said, and at the time, we were in a really a strong move of God. But he looked, and I was looking down in time, and he said that a move of God will be lost to this next generation. How many of you know um, tongues, the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, was not lost on God's end? But it was, there's, there's hundreds of years of church history that it was lost until a group of people, where is it, Topeka, Kansas, were messing around, getting hungry, praying. There's got to be more. The Holy Ghost fell. They didn't even have anyone to teach them. They're at a Bible school and they're all laying around outside out under the power of God, speaking in other tongues. There's a group of folk in California in the early, you know, 1900s. Just a small group of folks got together. Brother Seymour. The Azusa Street Revival. Just wasn't much going on. 
They, weren't, they found out they weren't waiting on God. God was waiting on them. And the tales of the glory that showed up there. Pastor Mark, are you trying to duplicate that? No, those things can't be duplicated. We can have our own. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what it looks like. But I'm tired of talking about history. I'm tired of talking about history. I've had some modern history. I heard Chad out here praying. It was cool for me to see somebody up that was just an itty-bitty boy when we started up leading prayer now. But he was, you know, talking about joy and you're laughing a little bit. I mean, I, 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 Pastor Mark loves, uh, there was a time, they called it the, the joy revival. It lasted just for a little bit. But I was smack dab in the middle of that. And our church was in the middle. Because I can yield to that and just, oh, I could add a drop of a hat. I can still yield to that. But I don't know if that's what it looks like. And it may not look like what you think it looks like. But God wants to pour out his glory. And it's up to us to believe. So faith begins where the will of God is known. I said faith begins where the will of God is known. It is the will of God because he's coming for a glorious church. It is the will of God because the, the glory that remains excels. And I need you to understand it can be lost because it has been. And then that's where the word jubilee comes in, because there's a restoration. So, well, you know, we've been, you know, we, we see a lot of, you know, the power of God here. We do. And yet, you know, we're, um, we, we, no disrespect, we're happy, but we still want more. No disrespect, but <laughs> we're grateful for everything you've done, but I know there's more. I know there's more. I can read. Can you read? There's more. And then we talked about how in Haggai 2.9, and you can tell this morning I had some of this in my message because it's all messed up and I didn't get the scriptures right exactly. But Haggai 2.9 says what? It says, the glory of the latter house shall be, shall be what? So the later it gets, the but are we really seeing that? Let's just be real. Are we really seeing that overall as a whole? Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm not in every church all over the world. And yes, God is pouring out his spirit and people are getting born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. But for us, we want this, right? And we all currently live in the United States of America. And you can all, and we can all look at it. And this is not um, criticizing anybody. Everybody just needs to obey God. But from what I know of the word, a good talk is not going to change anybody. Not opposed to them. If we get them, don't anybody say anything, but we're not getting them. Fog machines are not of the devil. I get that. But why would you have the fake glory if you can have the real stuff? And I know that's probably not what it's for. Wesley will tell me that. But I still ain't getting them. And so anyway, not yet. <laughs> so the glory of the latter house shall be What? So the latter it gets, the greater it ought to get. That is the will of God. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Daniel, what's supposed to be happening? Daniel, what's supposed to be happening? He saw him. He, he, he looked at the prophecy, and it was, they were supposed to be delivered by now. So he began to seek the Lord, set himself to know. 
And the moment he set himself to know, an angel was dispatched from heaven. The glory of the latter house shall be greater. And it says, thus says the Lord of hosts, and in this place I will give peace. Shalom, says the Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts talks about him being the Lord over the angels. Habakkuk 2.14. I misquoted this one. I think I said uh, Hosea 10.12 this morning, but that's, you know, uh, break up your fallow ground. Habakkuk 2.14 says, for the, the earth shall be filled with the of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Well, the earth shall be filled. Now, let's just be real. Is it currently? I don't think so. Does, that, does this have to happen? It does. But who is God waiting on to make it happen? Waiting on the church. To do what? To believe. I got some believers in the room, don't I? Now, faith, your faith works daily living, and I, need you, and I want it to keep it that way. But I also want you to use your faith, because see, if we start using our faith for the glory, like I said this morning, I think I said it in both services, it'll not only affect you. I mean, what a good deal. We're going to believe God for the glory. When the glory comes, what happens? We just get to enjoy his presence. And yet, when we do that, what happens? Then people, the Gentiles, the lost ones, the ones that Satan has blinded their eyes, then they're going to come in contact with the glory, and something's going to change. And it's not going to be God. This generation needs to run into the glory of God. Like I told you, a man named Saul. Remember what he said? He said, everything I did, I did in ignorance and unbelief. His ignorance. What, but what it, See, in his mind, the Bible says in Proverbs, every man's ways are right in his own mind. But it's the Lord who directs the steps. Listen, Paul saw everything he did in persecuting the church, he thought he was right. And he did it with everything within him. And there are some things in your life that you may be doing right now that you think are right, but you've got to actually have, if you have an encounter with the Lord, if you'll run into the Lord and get in the glory, it'll straighten a whole lot of stuff out in your life. Because when he came in contact with the power, everything changed. Why? When he came in contact with the power, somebody was in the middle of the glory, and his name was Jesus, the King of glory, the Lord of glory, and he spoke out of that glory to him. And he's like, Saul, come on. How many of you know if you're going the wrong way, and you know, you're not born again, and you're just going your way, and you bump into the glory, and out of the glory, something starts talking to you? Could that happen? Yeah, it may not happen that dramatic, but it'll sure happen. It's really what happened to me. I was in need. I, I was born again at a young age, but I'd gotten away from God, and I was really messed up. And my sister drug me into a little church, probably no more people than in, in this little middle section right here. But those, that, those people, they loved Jesus, and they knew how to get the glory in the room. And when I was there in the middle of that, I was like, ooh, oh, 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 oh. I remember this woman. Her name was Kathy. Bless you, Kathy, if you're watching. 
I think she might every once in a while. She sat behind me, and I didn't know what was going on, but she prayed. I understand in tongues. Didn't know what those was back then. Thought they was of the devil. And she, she, that's what I was taught when I was a little boy. Don't hang out with those people. I'm glad, I'm glad I, I didn't listen to that no more. She sat behind me, and I promise you, I felt my head go back. And I was fighting against that. I was like, this is weird. I need to get up out of here. I mean, you know, remember I told you I had my cowboy boots on and my, uh, um, it was um, a turquoise belt buckle. I was going through my urban cowboy face. Like a rhinestone cowboy. Thought I was Kenny Rogers. Anyway, so, um, so, so, so she's sitting there praying for me and this woman's up preaching. And she, and she told me, and the power of God, I couldn't explain it, didn't know what it was. I'd met him. I'd been calling out for him, but I didn't know him. And some lady double dog dared me to cross some line, and I did, and God did. And I stood there for 45 minutes and shook in my boots. The power of God came on me, and don't, I don't mean to offend anybody, uh, but it literally shook the crap out of me. And if that offends you, I'm sorry, but my life was a mess. I went from being suicidal, having everything in the natural, but having nothing at all. I know what it's like to run into the glory. And you see, once you've experienced stuff like that, I've ministered where the glory of God would come into a room. He's here tonight. I guarantee you he's here tonight. I've had times here and overseas when, I've really, when I have seen a cloud. And I've seen that cloud move in and over people and, and their lives dramatically be changed and miracles and healings. And it's just awesome. And it's like building the temple, you know, in the old covenant. Everybody was happy. The young folk was happy because of the temple being built. And then there was a group over on the other side. They were sad. Because they were there when the glory came in in the first temple. So you got a building. But if there's no glory, this is not all that great. And so we want the glory. Do you want the glory? It is the will of God. And faith begins where the will of God is known. I just want to stir you up today. <laughs> the Holy Ghost wants to stir you up. And, and, and I just got to get to it because we got to do some stuff. Hallelujah. The earth shall be filled. It will be. But we have to believe. And faith begins where the will of God is known. So what's another element of faith? Just real quick. If you, after, let's use healing. After you've learned that healing is for you, what do you got to do? What's the next step? Well, Jesus said you have not because you... Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, this is the confidence I have in him, that if I ask, amen, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, when you ask... So there's the asking. It's a legal thing. It's a legal thing. So we have to ask. And so when it comes to the glory, then we need to ask. <laughs> and, and I don't know that this is a one-time ask where you believe that you receive and it's just done. Um, you know, like you believe for your healing, you got it, and it's yours. But he said in Zechariah 10.1, ask ye of the Lord rain. In the time of the, is it late? Is it supposed to be raining? Is it supposed to be raining? Yes. 
Well, I, I just don't see it. Well, that's good. Remember um, <laughs> Elijah with King Ahab? Remember he went up to him and he sent his servant out and he said, what do you see? I don't see nothing. Maybe that's the way some of you feel. That's the way I say, I'll just be real. Sometimes it's the way I feel. Now, don't anybody be mad at me. Um, I, I'm, I'll, I'll do it this way. Lord, help me. I need to go hold Rhonda's hand. Um, uh, I remember when we were in the A-frame, and I was just getting started. We were just married, and we were just kind of going good. I, I've really been hungry for a move of God forever. And there used to be on Sunday mornings, you know, back at one service, we went a little longer, and we did a little more, you know, uh, things. And, um, but, like, if we would go three or four weeks, and there wasn't much going on, I would get in the car, and I'd just be mad. And I said, we ought to just put, and I'd give a name of a church over it, and quit pretending, basically, that we're spirit-filled a bunch of people. You know, I just get irritated. I just, I just need to see God's power. Remember what the Apostle Paul said? He said, I don't come to you with enticing words of men's wisdom, but I come to you with a demonstration. Why? That your faith would rest not on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. So we said that. So, so we got to ask. Everybody say ask. ask. Well, what happened in the book of Acts? Acts chapter 1, verse 14, you see them all praying because Jesus told them to go to Jerusalem and wait till you be endued with power or glory. And they were there and Mary and the mama of Jesus and everybody and all the apostles, they were there. There was 120 folks there. What were they doing? They were praying in unity in one accord. They were asking. And when they asked, suddenly there came a sound from heaven. But see, it was the will of God for them to go because who told them? Jesus. Because see, at that time when he told them, he was again all God. He told them to go. This is my will. Go to Jerusalem and wait. Till you be endued with power. Faith begins where the will of God is known, but then you got to ask. And then as they ask, then the Lord was able to respond. Amen? So we got to make sure that we're asking. And then there's an element to that. As you begin to ask, you can get to be an inspired asking and a form of prophecy comes. Where you take that asking and you begin to declare, command, and decree. It reminds me of uh, what I said. I think I said this more second service than first. It reminds me of those, uh, these dry bones, that song we were doing. Something about these dry bones are going to sing. Aren't you glad, y'all? I don't lead praise and worship. (laughs) Don't laugh. I used to. Hallelujah. You've been delivered, hallelujah. And so, um, so, so remember the dry bones. And the Lord asked the prophet, he said, can these bones live? The Lord, the Lord asked the prophet, not the prophet asked the Lord. The Lord asked the prophet, can these bones live? And I believe that's what the Lord is as asking us as a church and as a nation. Can I pour out my glory? <laughs> can this generation not be lost? Can a move of God to this generation not be lost? And we would say, well, only you know, Lord. But you see, he just kind of ignored that. And he, said, he went on from that and he said, no, now you prophesy. 
you prophesy. You prophesy to the wind, which represents the glory of God. You prophesy to the wind. Oh, you four winds. <laughs> Come on. As we ask, then we can get inspired and we can begin to declare. We can begin to decree. We can begin to prophesy. Because, see, there's some dead bones that need to come to life. And some of you know some of them. And you can quit being mad at them. If you can get them in the glory, God will change them. Well, I don't know if I can get them to church. Well, there's all kinds of ways to do all kinds of things, and God will give you a creative way to do it. But you can just start prophesying. I mean, you can prophesy them into the glory. You can prophesy them running into God. Amen. So what is, the, what is so faith prays? Then what does faith do? Faith says something. When you believe something, you're going to talk a certain way. Let me give you these scriptures. 2 Corinthians 4.13. We having the same spirit of faith. Anybody got a spirit of faith in this room? According to it is written, I believe and therefore have spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. In Psalms 145.11 it says, They shall speak. Psalms 145.11. They shall speak of his glory of thy kingdom and talk of his power. So you and I are supposed to be going around talking about the glory of God. You and I are supposed to be going around talking about the power of God. Amen. Psalm 72, 19 says, And blessed be his glorious name forever, and let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Everybody say, let the whole earth, the whole earth. Be, filled be filled with his glory. Come on, everybody say, it's glorious. It's glorious. Say, I live in a season, in a season. of an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Somebody shout glory. Because you get what you say. Because you get what you say. This is glorious. It's glory. It's glory. The glory of God is in the room. The glory of God is in manifestation in my house. The glory of God is in my car. The glory of God goes with me to work. The glory of God lives in me. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. The glory of God is in great manifestation in the earth. The, the glory of God is in manifestation in the United States of America. The glory of God is in manifestation in North Alabama. The glory of God is in manifestation in Madison, Alabama. The glory of God is in manifestation at Cornerstone word of life church in madison alabama the glory of god is in manifestation in the sanctuary the glory of god is in manifestation in the aim building with the youth and the young adults the glory of god is in manifestation in the children's ministry the glory of god is in manifestation even in the parking lot hallelujah when people pull onto the lot they have known they have contacted a living god hallelujah why because it's christ in you the hope of glory but we got to talk it we got to say it. We got to believe it. And not just talk it to be talking it, but we believe it. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I love this one in Ezekiel. It talks about where Uzziah had died and, he, and the Lord was sitting on the throne. And there were seraphims and, you know, the, the, they were covering themselves. But then they began to say something. They said something one to another. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with the glory. And then in verse 4 of, of Isaiah 61, or Isaiah 6, it says this, And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Because they were saying, Holy, 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 the whole earth is filled with his glory. So what does faith do? Faith, faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith asks, it always asks, 
Faith always has something to say. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. And then what does faith do? If you really believe something's coming to pass, you will prepare. You will prepare. In other words, if you um, can't have a child and you're believing God for a child, then if, if you really believe that a child's coming, you ought to get a nursery together. If you're believing God for a vacation and you don't have the money to go, then you ought to get a believing board and you ought to put pictures of where you're going. I recommend the Big Island. <laughs> Wherever you want to go. If, it's, if, you want, if you're believing for a house in this century, maybe you ought to pack a few things in your house that you don't use. And I know that's a lot for some of us. <laughs> Faith prepares. If you don't believe something, you're not expecting something, you just go through life, you know, hoping it shows up. And I mean that hope in a bad way. You know, it's like a future thing is never going to happen, so I'm not going to prepare. But if you're really in faith, you prepare. So how does faith prepare for the glory? Well, you create an atmosphere. Because if you really believe God wants to show up, we do it here on, on a regular basis because I've learned how to do it and I coax you into doing it. Number one, if God's going to show up, there has to be unity. The Bible says where there's strife and envy, there's every devilish work. There's every evil work. So that's one of the things we fight hard, you know, keep, keep unity. In your house, if you want the glory of God to show up, you ought not be fussing with one another. Amen. Praise Jesus. Amen. Because they were in unity in one accord, then suddenly. Amen. Unity is one of the most important things when it comes to creating atmosphere. The Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. So then again, there's words. They've got to be faith-filled words. You create an atmosphere. The Bible says that we are a holy habitation. We are lively stones. What's in you, you lively stone? Christ in you, the hope of glory. What's in you? You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Who dwells in you? The glory of God. And so if I can get you joined together and built into a holy habitation, into a house of praise, then we build a house for God to come inhabit. God doesn't inhabit this house until you, the houses, come and open your mouth and are in unity in one accord. And then he's able to come and do that. During the, the, the worship service tonight, during prayer, I was back in the back. And I, back there, could sense the king of glory. I could sense. And he's still here, even though I'm teaching right now. And you think, well, we're, let's get to it. We, we're getting to it. Hallelujah. We are getting it right now. Hallelujah. Listen. Unity and one accord. What would it mean to you if on a Sunday morning, a normal Sunday morning, we so hit places in God during worship that people could walk through that door and fall on their face and want to get right with God? That a couple who is about to get divorced, if God doesn't, they walk through the door and all of a sudden they look at one another and go, I got the right one, baby. I mean, all kinds. You know, don't get mad at somebody if you see this couple in the back kissing on one another because the night before they were going to get a divorce. But something about the glory of God just makes everything look different. What would it mean to you if a sick child walked in through those doors that the doctor said they couldn't do anything? And during praise and worship, the glory of God just healed them. Be worth everything, wouldn't it? But you see, that's not just up to God. 
That's up to us. And so that's why on Sunday morning, you know, I know you all got busy things to do, but praise and worship is not just a tack on for, it's not a tack on. It's not a, because there's a few people who like to sing and a few people who don't like to sing. It's to create an atmosphere so that God can come. And it's important. It's important. It's actually a part of prayer. It's a, it's a form of prayer. How do we, how do, so what does faith do? Faith prepares. Faith prepares. And so worship creates that atmosphere. And I think one of the things that, that is real important right now is that you and I, and we talked about it this morning, this is, this is, it's not a method, but it's how I know how to believe. Faith has aspects to it. It has to know the will of God. It has to act, ask. Then it acts. It says something. It acts like it's true. Then there's a part of thanksgiving. There's, you know it's done. You cooperate with it comes to the glory. You create an atmosphere. And then, you know, people are wondering today, well, you know, because I brought this up, but about Moses. You remember, what did he say? Lord, he said this, if you're not going with me, I ain't going. Lord, show me your glory, right? And so the Lord didn't get mad at him. <laughs> the Lord didn't get mad at him. And he, he's like, well, I need you to get in the cleft of the rock, which is a representation of who? Jesus. I need you to get in him so that he can get in you. I need you to get in the cleft of the rock. I need you to get in him so he can get in you. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And he said, you know, um, I, you, know you can't see me all in all. I mean, you can't see me because, you know, I don't want you dying. So he's, I'm going to walk by you. And he said, I'm going to let all my goodness. Then it goes back to this. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. And then what happens? The cloud comes. Because the glory and the goodness of God are one. That's why the goodness of God leads people to repentance. Because it's the glory of God that they come in contact with. You want to, you know, I, I know that the Bible even says some people you got to dangle over hell. But the vast majority of people, the goodness of God will lead them to repentance. And the danglers... <laughs> I don't know how they stick and stay so much, but I've looked over the last 25, 30 years of being in the ministry. Those who run into the goodness of God seem to stay longer. But I mean, I'm all for uh, hellfire and brimstone if that's what's necessary. And some people, that's the only way you can reach them. But that's not most people. If they run into the glory, they run into the goodness. And it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. So if we create an atmosphere where we're, we're, we're worshiping God in his goodness and his mercy and his love and kindness, and, and people come into that. And then for you and me as the body of Christ, we all have needs too. You don't have to raise your hand. You got something going on? You need some help? You need God to come through? You need your faith increased? What do you need? Well, if we on purpose every time we come... Expect to get in the glory. And again, getting in the glory doesn't mean we always run around the room. Getting in the glory doesn't all mean that we laugh and roll on the floor or run or, or dance or shout. Sometimes it could mean we just 
stand there in awe, fall to our knees, receive revelation. Amen. One word from God will change your life forever. The spirit of God, the glory of God speaking up on the inside of you will change you. So faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith asks. So I want you all to close your eyes and let's ask. I want everybody to say this. Let me say, Father God, we ask you for the rain. You said that the last day's church would be the glorious church. So we know your will. So we ask you to pour out your spirit. In Jesus' name. So what is it? In or upon? Yes. Which is it? Yes. In the Old Testament, all they could get was being poured out upon. But it's Christ in you, the hope of glory, and the Spirit of God still falls. Well, no, he only fell on the day of Pentecost. No, no, no. They got together two chapters later, and he fell again. And then the Gentile church in Acts 19, he fell again. And I don't know about you, but I've seen him fall. And you're way too late to tell me he doesn't fall. So it's both. Christ in you. You've heard me tell this story. Many of you have. I was in Bible school, so it was a long time ago. And Brother Hagen had this man. And I hope any of you don't think I'm like that man tonight. But he came in, and he was one of Brother Hagen's friends. And he said, today, the title of my sermon, some of you, many of you have already heard this, but he said, today, the title of my sermon is The Spout That the Glory Comes Out. Now, see, before I went to Bible school in 1988, I had been in Brazil in Rio de Janeiro at a youth conference, and we were ministering with my mother in the faith. Her name was Nancy Graham. And we were there with uh, two or 3,000, I believe, young people in Rio de Janeiro. And I was in the room, and the Lord literally opened my eyes, and I saw a glory cloud come in. And I saw it envelop those students, those young people, those teenagers, and I saw them on a concrete floor begin to fall out everywhere all over the country. Now, see, I'd already been trained, you know, in the little charismatic church. Everybody got to have an usher behind them in case, you know, something goes on. But these kids were dropping. And the, the power of God was so strong in that room that it was like it was one of those ah moments. And so I had just seen that. And so it put me on a quest because once you've seen something like that, been in something like that, a little patty caking about the glory isn't going to do you. Reading it in a book isn't going to do you anymore. And so I've been ruined in a good way. And um, it's to your benefit that I've been ruined. It's to your benefit. Because status quo don't, you know, um, the Lord said I'd rather you be hot or cold. Because if you're getting a C, <laughs> if you're in the middle, you're lukewarm. You know what I mean? Don't want that. And so uh, 
he said, today the title of my sermon is The Spout of the Glory Came Out. And that man talked for an hour and he didn't say anything because I was looking for something. We all want something. Lord, tell me to do A, B, and C, pull a lever, push a button, and man, I got it. But there was no A, there was no B, there was no, he just rambled. I hope none of y'all thought that I just rambled tonight. But he just rambled and rambled. Some of you did. Uh, he just rambled and rambled. And I was so mad, and I got in the car. And I, I just remember, I was just irritated. You ever just... You have a relationship with the Lord. That, so I, just, I remember I was, I was driving home and I was just irritated. I kind of yelled at him. God, there's some spout that that man knows about and he didn't tell me. He knows where the spout is and he didn't tell me. I'm mad because I want that. And I heard the Holy Ghost gently say on the inside of me, you're the spout. No, that's not it. I want to know where the spout is. I want to know how to make this happen. You're the spout. Well, after years of study, I've come to figure out that he's right. <laughs> it's Christ in you. The hope of glory. The glorious one lives in you. And if I can get people who understand that to come together and open up their mouth and build a holy habitation because they're a lively stone, and they're currently the temples of the Holy Ghost, we can create a house, like a literal house. It's brick to brick, and when you do that, you create a habitation. So the more people you can get going the same direction, the bigger the habitation is. And the bigger the habitation is, the more God can do. And then if somebody walks into that habitation and they don't know what they're doing, they can just experience what's going on in the habitation. And we can teach them later. That's what happened to me. That little church that I went to learned how to, whether it was on purpose or not, they learned how to build a habitation. I walked into it. I was like Saul. I walked into it. I walked right into the glory. It changed my life. I want people whether it's on a saturation meeting, whether it's on a Sunday morning, whether it's on a Wednesday night, whether it's an Ignite, a Blaze, children's ministry, uh, a men's function, even while you're shooting a gun or walking a dog or cooking a meal in a connect, whatever, it doesn't even have to have any uh, you know, big spiritual overtones, but because you're there, the glory's there. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.